Hey, all you holistic hipsters out there, it's that time. So grab your chalice of choice and sit back and sip along with us. We would love to welcome you to the Tea Podcast, where we spill the tea on all things holistic in the pet grooming industry. Let me introduce you to our hostesses with the mostesses. She is the socialite of skin and coat care, Ms. Michelle Knowles. And the queen bee of all things oily, Ms. Melissa Conti-Diener. Brought to you by TheOilyGroomer.com. Are you searching for a new and more mindful way of grooming? Interested in understanding how to grow your grooming business with a more holistic and organic approach? Please contact Melissa Conti-Diener at TheOilyGroomer.com so that you can set up a meeting and bring balance and prosperity to your life. And AllThingsPaw.com. Intermediate and advanced courses in pet esthetician work, fear recovery, animal handling, and more. Get your learn on with all things paw. Also, classes with Melissa, online and self-guided, intuitive energy work, transitional therapy, and compassionate touchpoint therapy, and more. And the Herbal Paw Pet Apothecary. Tailored for the individual pet, phone consultations, history gathering, and the home of the Herbal First Aid Kit. Now, let's get this tea party started. Alrighty then, I get to talk to you again, Melissa. Yes! I have this little piano at the end of our... I love it, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Makes me happy. <laughs> How are you this morning? Uh, still tired. Still, uh, you know, usual. I'm good. <laughs> yes, okay. I can't complain, but uh, <laughs> I really could complain. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. You and me both, but we won't. So exactly, we are here. We woke up. Uh, we made it for another episode of the T podcast. So we're betting a thousand at this point. So. I think so. I, it's already a win. That's right. <laughs> it's that already is a win. right. Uh -huh. So uh, what's in your cup, Michelle? Well, I'm continuing on. Same cup, same warm foundational uh, tea blend that I love. The spicy, it's the, the wassail spices. And it's Very delicious nice. still. I love, this is my most favorite. So I drink this probably the most, unless I have something going on, you know. I'm, I'm uh, doing a room temp uh, in my Awala cup, my big ginormous cup. But it's uh, jasmine and uh, it's Turkish jasmine uh, with, uh, it's Turkish rose with jasmine tea that's what it is i'm like wait a minute that's not right so, that cup looks like a creamsicle of some sort it doesn't <laughs> it? i like it <laughs> i like the softness of it yeah. is it like does it have that soft touch rubbery feel no it's it's, it's plastic metal. it yeah, looks it's like metal. it's soft though yeah, <laughs> yeah no. 
everybody's on the big Stanley craze. It's even got right. like a cool. Job. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's on the Stanley craze, but I liked this one. I love the colors of it. They opened that big giant um, shields here. Have you been there yet? No, I have not. Where's it at? Oh my goodness. It has, it's in Chandler, uh, right in the same complex as the Chandler mall. So in Chandler, Arizona, <clears throat> it is all things exercise, sports, camping, you know, like outdoor lifestyle, like a big old Cabela's or whatever, it, but it's so much more. There's literally a huge, so like an Ikea Cabela's. Yes. <laughs> there's a ginormous uh, Ferris wheel in the middle of it. What? Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, a that seems excessive. I love it. <laughs> excessive. So um, that's where I bought my cup. Of course, oh, they had every, every kind that they make out there. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I was able to make a decision on this Awala one. Um, but uh it it's great for my tea and it's great for just water because it does keep things cool and so i let this steep for a while um i, I opposite of you you are not a huge fan of rose i am a enormous fan of rose mm -hmm. and it just calms me so uh that was my point with with uh choosing that with uh sweet jasmine mm -hmm. just something I don't hate rose. I like tea rose the best. Right. It's just got a more natural, true rose scent. Right. Uh, the absolutes are a little watered down for me. Um, and then, of course, the synthetics, forget it. They oh, never yeah, they care. never match rose right. of any kind, you know. Well, you know, it's one of the most expensive essential mm -hmm. oils to produce. Because mm -hmm. it takes hundreds and thousands of petals. Mm -hmm. to, to just make like a ounce. quarter of an ounce, right? <laughs> Tiny little bit. Finish you know? your three drops for eight thousand dollars. <laughs> so that's mm -hmm. why there's there's other things like Damascus rose and mm -hmm. uh, uh, tea rose, and there's some mm -hmm. other ones that have that rosy fragrance, but they're not as strong as actual rose. Yeah, so, um, roses are are one of my favorite flowers. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of um, uh, peonies mm -hmm. and um, dahlias are another. They're Ooh, like nice. for the scent. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I absolutely love those. I love peonies. It's they're so hard to grow here. Roses, my roses grow beautiful. I have white roses. Um, oh yeah, but, and I have one pink rose that actually turned pink. Planted it about five years ago. It was always white roses after last year's little frost and stuff you it changed it yep came back i cut it all the way down came back because i used those those my the petals, and, the petals and everything and came back and it bloomed pink oh wow so i was like okay i'll take it so um but yeah those are those are uh, some of my favorites although you know um they're hard to grow peonies and um dahlias and ranunculus are another one you can get mm -hmm. them as bulk but they're just really hard to grow out here we're so dry and hot mm -hmm. do you have a favorite floral no i just know what i like 
and then some things I don't like. So I, I can't say that I have a favorite. My favorite uh, flavor is orange. Mm, okay. And if it's a, just a tad on the tart side, that's even better. Uh, that's where that's my favorite flavor. But sometimes that doesn't always translate into scent. Like when I made the dew drops, I have an orange peel, which mm. I really, really like. And it really does smell like orange peel. So it does have that like little bitter right. aftertaste. But it's, it smells good. But I, I like that less than the actual orange flavor. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just depends. I like a softer scent. I don't like to overwhelm my smell, you know, and right. my nose. So I, I can't say that I have a favorite. I just have ones that I like more than others. Yeah. I'm citrus is, a, is usually uh, uplifting. Mm -hmm. So that's a, it's a nice one. Like lemon. We always think clean when you smell lemon, it just makes you think, at least it does for me. Mm -hmm. uh, makes me think and it brightens, it brightens food too. If you yes, add a absolutely. few drops of lemon, yep. uh, lemon juice, went on the finish. Don't really cook it in there, but just a couple of drops before you serve, uh, it will brighten a really savory dish. That's maybe just a little too savory. Right. And it brings it up, lights it up a little bit. Yep. Mm -hmm. It also can take that gray color out of things. Like when you cook spinach or mm -hmm. that kind mm -hmm. of stuff at the very end, a little, a little lemon in there, fresh lemon, not lemon juice in a bottle, mm -hmm. but fresh lemon will like perk up color, all that. Even <clears throat> did you know if you slice an apple, and then put it in a, a container like to eat later. If you put a slice of lemon in there, it will stop it from browning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can spray. You can spritz the juice on there too. Yeah. Or sprinkle it in there and like uh, swish it around or whatever. Yeah. So lots. Of and I know you guys are probably wondering, what, what are you guys talking about today? Yeah. So we're gearing up to actually talk about what we're going to talk about. Yep. So we're talking about scents and flavors and this, that, and the other. So what we're talking about today is how you deliver those in a system that suits the consumer. Uh, so we're going to talk about different packaging uh, and different containers, uh, because once you understand uh, that a, a stick deodorant, the ingredients can still be used in a salve or a right. spray or this or that. So, I mean, sometimes uh, the foundation of herbal work is it doesn't matter how the herbs get on you or in you as long as they're there. So you literally can take the same formula and then modify it to go in any type of conditioner or any type of delivery, liquid, spray, cream, solid. It doesn't matter. That's the same for aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, we have, you know, uh, topical and then you have nasal. Um, so uh, it doesn't matter. You, it doesn't always have to be applied directly to the skin. It can be mm -hmm. aromatic. It is. I think that's why I, I enjoy aromatherapy so much. Mm -hmm. Just like we were talking about a savory dish. That's aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. that smell of those favorite. Like for me, when I was saying favorite flowers, the, they um, ignite something in your limbic system to, mm -hmm. you know, bring you to a specific memory um, mm -hmm. or they just jolt you into a specific emotion even. Mm -hmm. So um, even smelling a smell, a scent uh, is making chemical changes in your brain. Oh, definitely. Uh, it literally is. It says it's said that the smell, your smell sense 
has the longest memory attached to it. Mm -hmm. Even people who have dementia or this, that, and the other, if they smell uh, something from their childhood or whatever, it will bring back that memory, even after many, many years uh, of doing that. So. Absolutely. It's a, it is a, a leftover from our uh, primitive days with our. I think it's an enhancement, ma'am. I, <laughs> I think it's an enhancement as well. But, it's, but yeah, it's how we were formed. formed right. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we are bombarded. So True. we have a very uh, muddied palate, you know, scent palate right now. Like you said, you like a citrus, but it has a little after bite to it. Well, mm -hmm. you when you smell things, it comes across your sinus, your palate, and the back of your throat. So sometimes, like when you get those uh, artif artificial, like artificial rose or whatever, Mm -hmm. You can taste it. It tastes like medicinal or yeah, that or just chemical or synthetic. Chemical, yeah, synthetic. Mm -hmm. So understand that when you're breathing something in, it is going over your palate. You know, mm -hmm. you are well. You have you yeah. have taste buds. Uh, right. If you would look at a tongue that had been dissected, if you will, uh, to keep it clinical and not gross. Yeah. Um, but if you <laughs> would look, <laughs> if you would look at your tongue, a human tongue, all the way, the whole organ would be laid in front of you. You have to understand that your taste buds go all the way down to the base, not just in your mouth. So that's why tasting your taste buds are an integral part of your scent mechanism. If you can't smell anything, you yep. can't taste it either for the most part. It would have to be really strong to get it to get across any flavor, if you will. Yeah. So they're they are in tune. And we have we know for cats, uh, if they can't smell their food and recognize it, they will starve, even though their food is sitting right in there. Yep. Uh, it's crazy, it's, but that's how they're made. They're not being stubborn or finicky. No. They don't recognize it as food. And that's why when they eat, sometimes they'll eat like a little all the way down to the bottom in the middle and then act like there's no food in there because the concentration of smell in their food has diminished. And to them, it doesn't smell as strong. So there obviously isn't food in there. Uh, so that's something uh, that I find very interesting. And I'm sure a little bit of that is attached to all of us who live on the land. I'm sure. Uh, I know that with puppies, if they, uh, before they're weaned, if they have a stuffy nose and they can't smell well enough because their eyes and ears are closed, mm -hmm. they won't nurse. Mm -hmm. They won't be able to find their mother to nurse because they're drawn in to this from the smell. Mm -hmm. And she also uh, puts off pheromones for them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're unable to, uh, to nurse. So uh, scent is a huge, huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, even just personal scent, mm -hmm. you know, like people will say all the time, I don't care what you wash my dog in, but he smells like a dog. Mm -hmm. Well, he's not supposed to sell, smell like spring fresh air. Right. You know? <laughs> or what is that? Fresh baby fragrance. Yeah. <laughs> I use that in my seminars. I'm like, what babies are they grinding up and putting in there? And yeah, everybody I knows guess. that babies don't smell fresh, yeah. but they are fragrant. Yeah. <laughs> I Absolutely. So how does this translate into delivery systems? How are you delivering those things? You're using aromatherapy or you're using herbal therapies. Are, are 
topical therapy is the only way you can deliver the benefits of those two different things, aromatherapy or, you know, even mm. though mine is aroma, it, it is a scent, but it doesn't necessarily have to be delivered in just inhaling it. Right. Yeah, so. you can use it in your formulations. Uh, you can mix it with others. I think one thing I found in my journey of formulation is that um, you you think, okay, yeah, I'm using comfrey and chamomile and, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, once you put them in a formulation, uh, in this case, dewdrops, let's just use that as an example, they don't have a scent. So right. let's say you, you've infused comfrey and um, echinacea and uh, something else that would be, you know, very scented when you open the bag, basically. Right. Um, once you process it and put it with the oils and the waxes and the, all the things, they, it literally doesn't smell anymore. And also, a lot of people think that um, formulations are scented with essential oils. No, it is a completely different. different thing when you're formulating a product. Uh, essential oils don't, aren't smelly enough to scent the wax and the oil and, you know, the preservative and all that other stuff. It's just, it doesn't even come across. Uh, so you have to basically get concentrated scent that smells so strong when you're making it just to get a light fragrance on the end product. Uh, so that's something that people don't really think about when they think about, oh no, I love the smell of this. It smells like lavender you have to use a lot of lavender, either synthetic or natural right. uh, to get that smell to come through on your end product after you cook everything together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it's a weird thing to learn. I, I'm having a lot of fun exploring different things. I make, uh, I make a lot of like uh, salves or balms, mm -hmm. which uh, in my definition to me, a salve is just a little looser than a balm. A balm is usually a little waxier, you know, where mm. a salve is just a little more jelly, you know, like easy mm. to just kind of get into where uh, mm. a balm usually is a little bit more waxy. Mm. Um, and I've seen it both ways. They transpose right. those two things. They're yep. so close. Um, one's more easy, more malleable, more liquidy than the other, right. uh, depending on who taught you or what literature you're looking at. Um but uh, that's pretty interchangeable. But yeah, I agree. Have you have you found that same fragrance issue when you make your balm? Yeah, absolutely. Because when I'm working with, like, I make a sinus balm, mm -hmm. and I call it a the sinus B O M B balm because it's gonna mm -hmm. just bomb all the nasties away. And so it's an alternative to the uh, petroleum over the counter products that we reach for when we get a cold or sinuses, you know, chest cold, all that stuff. So I literally um, make a poultice with um, uh, a lot of different herbs, uh, eucalyptus, uh, lavender, um, peppermint, spearmint, um, and some others. I don't want to give away my recipe, but, um, and then uh, I add also essential oil to that. Um, because I do want the oil, the healing power of the oil as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I take those and, um, and I macerate them and, uh, and then I add the oil to them and then, uh, I will 
add them to my bomb. And uh, I usually have to go in and either use uh, the more of the eucalyptus if I want that real, because uh, I don't mm -hmm. use camphor, although there's nothing really wrong with camphor. I just don't particularly care for camphor. Mm -hmm. So it's really you strong. Use ment menthol. menthol right. too. And yeah. That's what I was going to say. Um, I don't like camphor very much. It's just, it's so mm -hmm. overwhelming to me personally. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll usually have to either up my my uh, essential oil of the eucaly eucalyptus essential oil or get something like, you know, the, the menthol crystals or the, um, the drops of the menthol mm -hmm. um, and add that to it so that it packs a punch. Otherwise, if I don't, it, it, even though the herbs will work and the oils will work on you, we want that to be an inhalant as well. That when right. you open that, you smell it and mm -hmm. you know, oh, that's what this is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but it, again, there's a, two delivery methods in one tin. Mm -hmm. You can apply it topically or you can just inhale it or you can just set it out and, you know, the, the fumes from it, you, you let it breathe it. in the air. Right. So um, that's aromatic. That's aromatic. And then we have, uh, uh, topical, and then we have um, what's the other one I just said, uh, where you can um, just kind of breathe it in through the like, like you said, just let it breathe into the air. Mm -hmm. So people do that a lot, and they don't realize the power when they are diffusing things. Like you even right. were talking about. Let's talk about heat. that. Tell us about that. Yes, that's important because they don't understand why their nose is stuffy all the time and they have, uh, you know, uh, respiratory symptoms. Uh, but then they'll go, you know what? I'm going to go diffuse some more. Right. Uh, so explain, explain about the concentration of these yeah, oils. It's, it's highly concentrated. So what happens is we actually, to coin a term from marketing, go nose blind after a while. So we don't smell it. You know, if we diffuse uh, a respiratory blend, because you can purchase pre-made respiratory blends from many, many different companies out there that have essential oils. So say, okay, I'm feeling under the weather, feel like mm -hmm. I'm getting a chest cold or I'm getting a sinus issue, whatever. So now I'm going to start diffusing and I'm going to diffuse this every day for hours upon hours and just let that diffuser run. Most diffusers have timers. Some mm. of them you can set for an eight hour timer. In my personal opinion, as an aromatherapist, I don't know any possible reason you would need to diffuse for eight hours besides the essential oil company wanting you to use up your oils quicker so that they can sell you more. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, a little goes a long way your body is detecting that. And what happens is when we go nose blind is your, your limbic system, which is what takes that up into your brain and any essential oil can pass through the blood brain barrier within a matter of seconds. Mm -hmm. So when we breathe that in instantly, our brain is it's in there. <laughs> oh yeah. It's in there. And our brain is saying, now, what am I doing with this? Where am mm -hmm. I assigning this? Okay. So when we diffuse for hours and hours, our brain just goes, 
too much done mm. stop i can't i it's the body can't do anything more with this mm-hmm. so we're not even going to acknowledge it. it it is the equivalent of your brain being like talk to the hand mm-hmm. you know that it literally has a big giant stop sign up mm-hmm. so, so in essence when we be when we can't smell it anymore the answer would be to shut the diffuser down and not redo it and then put it on for another eight hours is what I'm getting from you right now. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Diffuse in small, short bursts. Mm -hmm. So if you diffuse for 30 minutes um, or if you are diffusing something for your home, you know, like to clean the air or whatever, then diffuse for about an hour and then leave it. That's it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to diffuse all day long. Um, if you are, I, I met someone at one of my classes, um, a few years back that had a fairly large salon and they had four diffusers running all day long. Mm -hmm. I mean, just all day diffusers in the drying rooms, diffusers in the bathing rooms, diffuser where they're grooming at diffusers in the lobby where they come in at. So, Mm -hmm. We talked about that our sense of smell is, um, you know, compromised because we're bombarded by scent constantly. Mm. But when we think about the animal sense of smell. Yeah. Overwhelming. Completely overwhelming. Mm. That they- I, think too, I think, too, that we forget that essential oils, herbs are medicine. They're yes. they're they have constituents in there to actually right. change the chemical makeup in your body. Yes. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, we're giving ourselves medicine and we're doing it overboard, just like the old adage, you know, vitamin A is good for you. But if you take a whole bottle of it, you're going to end up in the hospital. Right. You know, trace amounts, small amounts at a time. So it's just not the smell that you're smelling. You're actually letting those chemicals enter your body and make chemical changes. Right. And there are ways to do things like you don't have to diffuse all the time. If you uh, want to refresh the smell, you had a dog that had an accident, you know, and it's smelly, whatever. You can make a blend and put that in a spray bottle with witch hazel or alcohol, you know, and what just would be the ratio for you. Um, for me, I usually do uh, if I'm doing an eight ounce bottle, uh, you know, tend to use a glass bottle. If you use plastic, uh, just know that it'll eventually eat a hole in it. You know, it'll Mm -hmm. eat through. Um, Yeah, they're volatile. Oils are volatile. Very volatile. So for me, for an eight ounce bottle, I'm going to probably use uh, seven ounces of whatever my carrier is, whether it's alcohol or if it's witch hazel. I prefer witch hazel. It doesn't have that alcohol-y smell. but depending on the oils I'm using, like if I'm using rosemary and those kind of ones that are really high in phenols, mm-hmm. they, they kill off the alcohol smell, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they're already super strong. strong you don't right. need that much mm-hmm. as you would if you wanted an aroli or something gentle. Right, or something a little bit more light. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would go with the witch hazel. Um, but now I start my day every morning. I, you know, you guys know I work at a school and so it's a very large salon. We have a lot of people. 
Um, and so as soon as I come in to work, I have my spray bottle, I literally have a sticker on it and change up what I'm spraying, but it literally says smell good stuff. So <laughs> they know it's my oils mm-hmm. and I start my day by, uh, uh, misting the classroom. And then I turn the fans on in the classroom, the oscillating mm-hmm. fans. And then I walk through, um, the, the, um, the hallway where the bathing room is and the drying rooms. And I just quickly give a light mist. And I always ask, is it okay Mm -hmm. if I do my oils or anybody here that feels like it might bother them or do you want to smell Mm -hmm. it before I spray it? I always want to be um, uh, just aware that not everybody likes it and everybody has a different palette to what smells good to them. But I do that to clean the air. And also, because we talked about this before, they have a vibrational resonance. They have a frequency. So I can also affect the frequency. Like sometimes I'll come in, I'll be like, "Mm, I don't know what was happening here this weekend, but man, it's heavy in here. Mm -hmm. This this house is clean. (laughs) That is the truth. (laughs) I walk through and they all know it. They all know that I do it, you know, and I love when people come in, clients come in, you know, the other people that work there and they come in, they're like, oh my gosh, it smells so good in here. Does that last all day long? No. So if, but it's still there. Exactly. Everyone, it's still there. (laughs) So it is, um, it is an easy, simple way to just, Uh, change the energy in a room, um, pick up, uh, you know, like we experienced a lot of cold and flu stuff a few months ago, everybody was getting sick. So I made up a, you know, blend that's very close to what my sinus bomb is Mm -hmm. and use that as a spritz. So, or an air freshener. Um, I just am not a fan of fragrance oils they usually contain uh bronchial dilators which make your mm-hmm. the the um bronchioles in your lungs dilate or even mm-hmm. contract to get smaller they mm-hmm. make you cough they make you sneeze and that's what i was getting to was that when we do too much watch the dogs you'll start mm-hmm. seeing Mm-hmm. And they shake their head. And they'll and try to get away from where from the source it. of it. Mm-hmm. They might drool. Um, it, it becomes very abrasive to them. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, really, really um, be aware. And if you work with felines in the same space, you have to be hyper aware of what mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because they are just beyond sensitive creatures. Mm. Well, and to give some context onto it, imagine a dog picking up a week old scent of someone who may have tread there one time. Right. That's how sensitive they are. So if you spray, uh, literally, if you spray every day, it's there and it's inundating to them unless you have your dilution rates proper, uh, properly measured because man, that, it doesn't go away for them. They'll come no. in the next time and the next time and the next time. And unless you got a really deep cleaning crew, you're layering that on to the last scent onto the last scent. And then it, to them, I'm sure it's a very overpowering. Yeah. Uh, well, and they don't know any different. They no. can't get away. They just do what we want them to. They walk in or be carried in or whatever. And then they're in that space that they can't get away from. So. And that's what the diffuser does is it it sprays those little, little, uh, microscopic, uh, Mm -hmm. 
particles particles good good word <laughs> particles that it literally is this is the the microscopic uh water particle and here is the oil microscopic particle sitting on top of that so this mm -hmm. water is just a delivery method you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's 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 the carrier method so it sits on top of that and it comes out of that diffuser and goes everywhere and what happens when water droplets fall because they, even though they're microscopic you know they're still going to land and so when that lands the water dissipates out and will evaporate but the oil will not it's still there it's, it's right still there oil yeah, is absolutely. there and available for its therapeutic purposes it's it's mm -hmm. ready to work mm -hmm. so uh the water is basically like taking the train in you know, to work. Well, I think it's something to help dilute it as it gets nano sprayed into the air because right. oils and water don't mix. mix right. But if you have a little two ounce sprayer or whatever and you shake it up, it becomes little tiny, tiny, tiny bubbles of oil suspended right. in water for a few minutes. And that water helps just spray it out in a right. small way. Uh, otherwise, you just it's get. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So but you need to understand that you are layering it. And mm -hmm. we, if you have a trained palate, and there are people that do mm -hmm. perfume uh, uh, in France, they're uh, uh, what are they called? Perfumeurs, I think mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they literally smell things all day to create scents, perfumes, mm -hmm. and and if you when you study aromatherapy, you learn that even one scent like a rose has layers and has notes and mm. different types, different types of soil they're grown in, different regions. Mm. There's so much to it. It's the same when you're preparing mm. herbs. And There's fun fact, those people don't wear any perfume at all. Yes. Because they have to keep their uh, scent glands uh, pure. A lot of them wear masks mm -hmm. uh, when they go outside because people overdo it with scents already and that's a whole nother topic for a different day isn't it that's a whole nother show <laughs> just about the wearing of scent <laughs> so it's it is a um it is a, a very volatile substance essential oils um but it is also a very therapeutic one when used appropriately mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and appropriately doesn't mean that you have to have 27 different aromas going off in different rooms and mm -hmm. you know, just one your ac unit will push it through fans will pull it through mm -hmm. um you know you're going to pull it through you're going to touch mm -hmm. things you're going to walk um I, sometimes i just spritz myself and i'm the diffuser mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah all these are really good to keep in mind which is why i always refer people uh who ask me about essential oils i'm like you know what you need to get educated. You can't just start using them. I always recommend Melissa's class. Uh, she is a very good mentor for essential oil use. She's been using them uh, in her practice for a really long time. And I just, I'm not even comfortable using essential oils because I just haven't studied enough. Uh, I depend on others' expertise. That That is a, a specialty branch uh, of yeah. what we do. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely believe that it is valuable. It's a valuable modality, but you really do have to know what you're doing. You can't just get in there and get sloppy and just say, I'm going to add this, this, and this, and this, and not even be mindful of your carrier, be mindful of the concentration that you're using, where you're using it. 
who is going to be in the room that it's being used in. All those yeah. things are very important and you have to know about all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, people can react very differently to different scents. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I've had some of the groomers be like, I don't know what you used last time, but I felt like I got a headache and mm -hmm. I said, no problem. I won't use that one again. You know, mm -hmm. it's important to communicate and let people know what you're using as well. If you're, you know, using it in that kind of setting, mm -hmm. um, because uh, not, again, not everyone has the same palette. Mm-hmm. So what are some different ways that uh, when you're working with uh, with herbs that you can um, have different delivery methods? Well, uh, I feel like herbs are really uh, versatile because you can use them in any formulation. Um, the best way for me uh, to use herbs, um, you can use it in a tea. If you need instant kind of put it in the body, you can smell them. Uh, put them in a little Mylar bag or a plastic baggie uh, and then just put your face right in there and breathe it in. But you're going to get a better delivery if you make a tea and you steam it into your lungs. That's a really good way, even though the smell of it itself will help. Uh, but you can do that. You can put them in capsules uh, dry and put them in there, depending on what you're trying to fix, cure or support. Um, you can put it in a capsule. Uh, some of them like comfrey, marshmallow, plantain and mullein produce a mucus that you don't really want to put it in a capsule and bypass where you want the uh, mucus to be basically. So a little respiratory cough is going around now. Um, and the best thing you can do for that is make a tea and breathe in the steam of comfrey, mullein, plantain, and what, what have you. Uh, that's the best way to help build that mucus back up when you have little dry spots in your throat and it makes you tickle and cough. You want to get that juiced up, basically. You want to get your mucus right. flowing again because you have unprotected mucus membranes in your throat, uh, which is um, you're dried up in there and you're kind of uh, gummy. Right. So you want to hydrate that as much as possible. Um, when delivering to skin, uh, the sky's the limit. You know, you can put a liquid on it. You can make it into a lotion. You can make it into a salve or a balm. Um, make it into a solid. Um, you can make it, you can make it so it works with or without water. Uh, it just really depends on the part of the body that you want uh, to service or support uh, and what the issue is to begin with. So uh, I, herbs are very versatile too, because they're very gentle. They have a gentle action uh, that works very gently over a period of time. That's so it's not like Western time. medicine where, you know, you take a pill and you feel good for eight hours, then you have to take another pill. Uh, it's not like that. And a lot of people want to take it down to its basic parts. I get a lot of questions like, well, what's in the shampoo? Why is it growing hair back? Or, you know, what cream are you using? It's not one thing. It's right. never one thing. Oh, sometimes it's one thing. If you have a headache, you can absolutely take uh, willow and a meadow sweet and it will take the headache away. Um, but uh, in general, herbs work over a period of time and they work with how healthy your immune system is. Your immune system, your gut health, your gut health is important, but people forget. Uh, people want to just fix dogs through their gut health. Gut health is so important. Your skin is 20% of your immune system. So that is very tied to your gut. So you should be working on your gut and your skin to make sure everything is plump, hydrated, and fed, uh, nourished, if you will. 
So uh, it's not just one thing. You have to look at it holistically. You have to look at all the pieces and parts. Is that subject getting enough sleep? Is that subject, you know, getting enough sunshine, exercise, good food, um, hugs, <laughs> you know, all those things matter to your health. And we forget that. And we're like, oh, I'm tired, but I'll power through and I'll just drink a monster drink or whatever. Sorry, monster. I just picked you randomly out of the ether. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, it's horrible. It probably is horrible because it's chemicals. However, <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, that's not the way to do it if you're working herbally or holistically. Right. Uh, you want to absolutely, because your body's seeking homeostasis for forever. And if you're constantly unbalancing it in some way or shape or form, it's going to start to break down. Then you're going to start to see issues, you know, conditions, issues, problems uh, are going to result from that. Uh, and then you're like, oh, what happened? I only had one, you know, I only drink one a day or I only eat that whatever, whatever, once a day. Well, once a day is a lot over a period of time. Uh, so delivery methods of herbs, sky's the limit. However, you could do, uh, um, what do you call them? Suppositories. Oh. Uh, you, you can make little melts and do suppositories. You can have, you can make them so they are sublingual and they melt on the roof of your mouth. Uh, herbs are amazing. So it's not the herb itself. It's learning how to make those delivery systems for me. Um, I'm making, I'm trying to master all of the basic delivery systems so that I, I can take then my herb mixture and then put it into that delivery system according to the needs of who I'm making it for. Right. Um, so that's so the biggest. It's also very individualized. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times, yeah, it's the same mixture overall for a thing, but right. this person may have high blood pressure. This dog may have, you know, diabetes. So right. sugary things aren't really good for it, except maybe topically. Uh, if they have infection, if they have uh, open wounds or something like that, all those little things you have to take into consideration and remake your herbal formula so that you're not doing any harm and you're supporting right. all the systems that need support on that particular animal. So it's really fun. It's really complicated and it's very interesting for me. I, I'm having so much fun doing this. I, I just want to say that a lot of people equate essential oils to florals. Mm -hmm. They always think that they're a floral, um, in which we do have something in, in aromatherapy called a floral water or a hydrosol uh, or hydrolat, um, which means floral milk in French. Um, we, um, but it's a misnomer because in order to create them, it is uh, not just the, if it is a flowering plant or herb, it is not just that part that that we use. We use sticks and stems and leaves and all of that to actually <laughs> to create things like just frankincense. Um, that's an actual resin. It's a sap that comes from the, um, it's tree uh, blood. Plus, plus, yeah. <laughs> tree. And mm -hmm. so they collect it and it, it's, there's different grades of it d depending mm -hmm. on how old it is and how rich the sap is. Mm -hmm. And the wider it is, the more pure it pure, is. Right. That's going to that's be your very expensive. expensive right. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, it's, it is, it is not just, I, I say this constantly to people that want to learn about it, that it is not an air freshener. Right. It can be All used- the things that I use in my herbal apothecary condensed correctly become the essential oils that Melissa uses. Exactly. <laughs> it's the same exactly. thing. So it's not just, oh, it smells good. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so when I'm making those mixes, those blends to spray in the salon um, or to spray in my home or whatever, I'm, I'm specifically making something because I, as an empath, feel a certain way. Or mm-hmm. I, as an empath, have picked up on a mood of, you know, like the energy in a place, you know, that when you walk in somewhere and you're like, you know, what's you could walk in somewhere and every single person on this planet has probably experienced that you can walk into a new party or new group, a new social setting. And literally the hair on the back of your neck stands up and your back muscles feel funny. And you're like, Oh, I don't, I probably don't belong here. Catch out, pay attention to that. Get out of there. It's not for you. You have to pay attention to that energy. Let yeah. literally read the room. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's what that means is to mm-hmm. like just pick up like that again is something that goes back to our primal days mm-hmm. of when you know we were foraging and hunting and out in nature and had to be able to read there wasn't rooms. You know, we had to read the landscape and know. So it's Um, when we do things like, um, sometimes in some of my classes I do for Mary, uh, um, I will, uh, do some DIY. I've done quite a few DIY classes for her and I might show Mm -hmm. my kitchen area, that kind of stuff. And I often will have herbs hanging Mm -hmm. in my kitchen or hanging from my cupboards, um, I mean, ultimately, I would love to have the cottage in the woods with everything hanging in, but I hang what I can. In I would live in the Baba Yaga hut. Yeah, uh, sure. Right so, um, but I do that because they give off an aroma at first, mm-hmm. and then while I'm not still picking up that aroma, like I grow rosemary in my garden uh, mm-hmm. year round. And I'll often, oh, I keep rosemary by my garden gate as well. That's a superstition, but I have it there um, and uh, uh, and lavender as well. But those things continuously clean the air. They offer an antibacterial, antimicrobial um, assistance in, I call them air scrubbers. So if mm-hmm. you grow them in indoors, and you have those plants, which I love plants. Uh, and um, right now I don't have any herbs, but uh, I often will grow them inside and then transplant them out into my garden. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those things have an effect on your overall life as well when you are interacting with them on a daily basis. So just like we say, it's, it's not just a dog. It's not just a plant. It has a purpose Mm -hmm. and it's going to do its job no matter what. So when you stop smelling it, it doesn't mean to ply on more or you've taken burdock and it Mm -hmm. hasn't, you know, kicked in yet or it hasn't. No, that it has to mesh up with your system. Mm -hmm. It has a route. It has a job. And so just like it takes us 
two hours to groom a dog or 45 minutes to groom, you know, a small dog, whatever it is, those, those skills do not get applied immediately. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the herbs and with the oils and even with just having the plants around you. So it is, it is a process. Nature is not immediate. Right. Yeah. Because nature assumes, I believe, that you're already at homostasis. Exactly. Homeostasis. You know what I mean? I, I think nature does assume you're already there. So it's gently going to ramp you up or ramp right. you down in right. whatever area that it's working on. Uh, it, I believe it didn't plan for modern society when we are just inundated with yeah. medication and, and synthetics and wearing oil-based clothing and all kinds of stuff. I mean, the list is endless. So you have to really be mindful about the, the textiles that you put on your body, the products you put near your scalp because your head is very absorbent. And yeah. you, that all translates to dogs. It all translates to dogs. Dogs are wearing parkas and booties and yeah. manufactured food. And, and we wonder why they get the same diseases that we have because we're eating and living like that too. Uh, that's why you see all those. And then, well, we won't get into genetics and breeding and all that other no, stuff because that's a, that's a whole different ball game. No, but look no. at us. We breed randomly. I have a friend and I adore her. She is allergic to her husband. Oh, to be put I, okay. to be put I in a nice way. If, that at times. <laughs> uh, but I, <laughs> I don't mean personality wise. I mean, chemically. I know. Right, chemically. yeah. And uh, so but they have children also. So. I believe, and they love each other, and that's fine and great, and we have modern medicine, and that helps her, whatever. However, the way we smell on a natural basis with no synthetic perfume or nothing sprayed on to mask our scent, that was the number one way that you could smell someone and know if you were chemically compatible with that mate. Right. And we have come so far from that. Uh, that I think that there are a lot of people that don't understand why they're not compatible. Like you, we're such great friends. Why aren't we working? It could very well be that yeah. you are not chemically compatible, Yeah. And, but we'll never find that out if we just continue to spray the expense of perfumes on and this, that, and the other. And oh, I don't like my human scent. I don't, there's nothing wrong with your human scent. If it's stinky, that means you're probably unhealthy or your diet needs to be changed Right. because you should smell okay. You should smell okay with your, just your natural scent. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm of the mindset people do the same thing. Customers do the same thing with dogs. They, they choose a breed without understanding what they're choosing. Mm -hmm. And so talking about delivery methods. So then they get this dog and the dog delivers an experience that they weren't game for. You know, mm. they they get a, a hunting breed and then they're like, why is this dog never want to calm down or a herding mm. breed? You know, why mm. is this? Why is my dog nipping at my kids mm. and, and trying to round them up? Well, mm. you, you bought a herding breed. That's what it's hardwired for. It's going to deliver what, you know, what it will it herd is. your whole family off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's like, I mean, it just it, Anything has to, anything that you're going to do should come mm -hmm. with some sort of research. Mm -hmm. Some well, sort that's, of that brings up a really good point, Melissa. Um, I think that, uh, and not to knock breed preservation, I understand that you, you have a love for these animals, but when you purchase a dog, when you choose a breed, 
that breed was meant for something. It was bred for something. It doesn't matter if you like the looks of it. I love the looks of an English bulldog, but I cannot participate in purchasing one or, or, or doing that unless they change the standard and give that dog more of a muzzle. I, I just can't even, and that's just the number one thing I have, uh, concerns they, about they that particular breed yeah. and not to pick on you English bulldog people. I understand you love, they no, are adorable. All they all come with something. Yeah. They all come with something. So here we are preserving breeds that no longer, there's no longer in modern society for them to perform their task. Right. And that is heartbreaking. Another example of that would be in Jurassic park. Uh, when they brought all these dinosaurs together and they had a whole scene of them going by them and a lot of them were sick because the things that they used to do eat and be in nature no longer even exist. It's the same thing that dinosaur is going to get sick and die because that one plant that was extinct was its food. You know what I mean? And all these breeds that were bred to do a job, those jobs don't exist anymore unless you actively take your truffle dog truffle hunting. Right. You know, uh, you're going to have some issues. Yeah. And yes, dogs are really adaptable, but think about what you're doing. Well, and think about personality versus uh, behavior. You know, function. Yeah. Function. Behavioral function. Yeah. This is what Juju B is bred for. She mm -hmm. is bred to be to a cuddle bug. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm kind of torn hunt. between the, the backyard <laughs> bringer mentality. Now, right. I have an issue with that, uh, with just people that don't know anything about dogs whatsoever. And there's like, oh, yeah, we have a chala, chalopsawini, husky, pomsky, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's really crazy. Our, and we bred it with our neighbor's Labrador. Exactly. <laughs> or, a, or a, make a doodle out of it. Right. Uh, you know, eventually I'm, I'm hoping that the doodle – breeds will settle right. um but we are continuing we made the the purebreds every single purebred on the planet is basically with with a handful of exceptions it's basically a, a mutt from way way back oh, that yeah. has been and bred into something and sure. then has become stable in its in its breeding uh uh, in a in a nutshell, I'm I'm not a breeder myself. Uh, I know you have little pup pups that you do, but Melissa knows all about dogs, and those dogs are pampered and cared for and healthy. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that because we've done that since air to for the dogs to be our helpers or our companions or for whatever reason. Um, but there's a reason we don't have Thessalonian war dogs. We no longer use them for that purpose. They're huge like horses or they were, uh, and they're very aggressive. You know, only a handful of people could even handle them in, in a modern day. I'm, I'm certain there are those that we don't hear about because they're privately owned and privately bred or whatever. I'm certain that there's probably something out there like that. Something scary, uh, but we don't know about it because they just don't have a job anymore. Right. And if there's, you know, that's the thing is that we start to see, that's where, where we come in as like specialists with things like herbs and essential oils. And because we start to see these specific breeds or even mixed breeds, mm -hmm. um, they used to have a thing that was like, oh, well, if it's a mixed breed, they have mixed breed vigor and they have renewed because mm -hmm. we're, but anymore, that's not true. Yeah, that's so, not true. If two people have a recessive gene for right. a terrible disease, that's going to show up. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and that's where we come in because we're looked at as how, how can we help this? Mm -hmm. How can we use herbs or use oils, um, use scent, 
use these different um, modalities, um, whether it's a poultice, a balm, a salve, uh, you know, all the different things that we do um, to help a lot of the ways that these animals are trying to evolve in our modern culture. Correct. Correct. They have heavy, heavy metals. Yeah. Uh, they have all the stuff that is making us sick and because of our unhealthy lifestyle diet and the way we uh -huh. live, we're then transferring that if they live with us in our household with our lifestyle, they will indeed show the effects of that if they yeah. don't get what they need to be healthy. So mm -hmm. it is, uh, it is an, an evolution in progress that we're watching with this. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. Uh, and I'm sure we'll lose some breeds by yeah. the wayside. There are breeds that were alive and doing flourishing uh, at the turn of the century um, that are no longer with us uh, because they just, the popularity of them died out. Right. Uh, the need for that type of dog died out. There, There's nowhere for that in the modern times, you know. Yep. And it's just, it's like everything else. There's a time and place and a purpose. So um, understanding that if you are burning fragrant candles all the time in your home and your dog is consistently showing signs of upper respiratory or ear infections or even skin infections, mm -hmm. um, that you're like, I don't know, I feed him this food and he's on the best diet and then this and this, that mm -hmm. there are environmental factors that will permeate skin and you know get into the bloodstream um, mm -hmm. so it, it is something that we, as just as holistic pet groomers need to be, um, cognizant of and be on the forefront of education and learning mm -hmm. how we can use, um, natural products to help alleviate this, because mm -hmm. I don't say that it will heal anything. I don't have the power to heal. Mm -hmm. I only have the power to help. Hmm. So the dog does all the healing exactly. it's you that are, is providing the nourishment and the support to those sure, organs right. uh, that feeds it, nurses it. And then the dog's body has to be willing to process correctly process, right. after that. And that's all we can hope for. Yep. So hmm. it's, you know, it is, uh, I've had people say to me, Oh, um, I used your, whatever, you know, they bought for me a balm or whatever, or a blend or, and they're like, oh my gosh, I, you know, you're so powerful in the way that you can put this together and it fixed this or that. Or, and I'm like, mm, no, I, it's not me. It's that the animal that you're working with, because I've used plenty of things that I've gone, this is the exact thing that's going to work. I know it. And then it doesn't work at all because mm -hmm. their body is just not going to receive it mm -hmm. no matter what the delivery method is. Right. So, yeah. And some of them have been uh, through so many rounds of antibiotics, right? so many rounds of injections and this, that, and the other to fix an issue that was so simple at the beginning, but now the immune system is trashed. It can't, it doesn't remember any longer how to process anything. The organs eventually shut down. I've had a couple of cases like that where you, right. you see a little bit of progress, but if they skip one week, it's over, it, it's yeah. over and the dog will not recover. Uh, so it is possible and we have to be very careful at the beginning of our children's lives, the beginning of our puppies' lives, uh, that we're not inundating them and setting them up for failure on down the road in their life by building up 
all the, the trash that we give them. You know, uh, the body just accumulates trash living in our modern society. Uh, and we think that we can fix everything with a, a pill or a shot. And sometimes it's a matter of not giving them anything that's going to be the ticket well, instead of trying to push something into their system. Right. I mean, there's a lot of unnecessary things. I mean, I've had dogs my entire life. I can't remember a time in my life, even from childhood, that I didn't have dogs and cats around me. So um, I've seen a lot of things. You know, my parents were breeders from when I was a kid. So I've seen a lot of things and, and they were show people. And, um, you know, one of the things my vet said to me recently when we had one of my older dogs uh, put down because she just was suffering. And um, my vet said, well, she was 17. That was a great life. You know, life expectancy for that breed is usually around nine, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't know what she's been my vet for a really long time. She's like, I don't know what you do to get your dogs to live so long. And I said, you know, it's just to me, it's just a blessing. I do everything I can to try to keep them as healthy as possible. But I've also lost some at young ages, too, because mm -hmm. I know that I only have this much control mm -hmm. and over those kind of things. So I'm just going to do what I can and educate myself. As, and that's the biggest thing is that if you continuously educate yourself, because science changes in a blink of an eye, especially right. now with the technology that we have, <clears throat> it is insane. And make sure you're out there. And, you know, we love you guys for following us. But there are also amazing holistic veterinarians out there doing some amazing work for longevity. Mm -hmm. uh, there are uh, other wonderful groomer, holistic groomers out there that are teaching about things like skin and coat and training, you know, uh, enrichment. All those pieces have to come together for a well, uh, a well-lived dog. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I agree uh, completely. I agree completely. And much love to the uh, the breeders who are preserving those breeds. I know that is a a labor of love and it is not about the money for you and you are just have these beautiful gorgeous genetically sound dogs um i i applaud all of you for your efforts i do understand um i hope we didn't offend you today because we do love you uh, a lot uh, but we have to we have to be realistic in our expectations of the future uh, of what we're breeding how we're breeding it and is there a place for that baby and not just for purebred breeders for everybody who breeds dogs uh, or anything else for consumerism. Right. Um, we have to make sure there's a place for these new living beings that are coming into the world. Uh, that's all I ask, you know, be realistic about the chances of that being, uh, being able to be placed and be healthy and be whole right. in their life. Uh, that's what we wish for. Yeah, absolutely. So, ma'am. We are right there, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I know. We'll just get to talking. We just get to talking. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. If you guys have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to uh, message us or ask your questions underneath where it's posted. Um, and it's okay to disagree. It's okay to not like anything we said or have a point of contention. This is about discussion. This is just uh, as much of uh, your discussion as it is ours. Uh, please feel free to yell at us or congratulate us or 
disagree with us if you want to. Uh, just bring a good argument and we'll talk about it. We absolutely will talk about it. Uh, we're gathering, I think, this year. Uh, we're going to gather all those comments together and maybe do like a Q&A uh, oh, podcast yeah. uh, here. So send us your questions. You know, what do you want to hear us talk about? What do you want to see? Uh, if you have questions uh, that we can answer, send them in and we will accumulate them and we will read them probably on a live. Uh, that would be really awesome. So yeah. we love you. We miss you. We're going to see you in Pasadena in yes. February at Groom yes, Expo yes. West. And may your next sip be just as delicious as your last. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye.